services, and organizations that benefit you as a citizen of Forsyth County. Welcome to Empowering You, your host, Brian Anthony. It is high noon in the triad. Good afternoon. This is Empowering You. I'm your host, Brian Anthony. Empowering You is a show where we highlight local nonprofits in our city, our county, and our region, the many services they provide the citizens of Forsyth County and the triad. We'll also introduce many of our local corporations that have community initiatives designed to benefit you and continue to make our region a great place to live. Not only will we feature nonprofits and corporate community initiatives, we'll also hear from our local entities like the Health Department, the Winston-Salem Forsyth County Schools, and we've introduced another monthly feature that focuses on staying true to the name of this show, Empowering You by Focusing on Empowerment. All packed into an hour show, we hope that you make it a point to just join us every Sunday following money-making conversations at noon. Also, if you miss it, the podcast is available on our website, as is all of our public affairs programming, just by logging on to WSNCRadio.org and clicking Media on our navigation bar. And finally, you can also access our website on our free mobile app. You can download that on your device's app store, whether it's Apple Store or Play Store. Every month we get into our monthly updates with our local entities. Today, of course, we are absolutely welcoming the city of Winston-Salem back into the fold. Um, We've got a couple of people here today. We're going to talk about a couple of uh, a new toy for the city and Parks and Rec, and then something that perceptually, um, whether you get the right information misinformation, or you just follow Facebook for all your information. We've got the person here that's going to straighten out something um, and tell you more about ward realignment from the city's perspective. So we're going to get into that first. Let's get to my co-hostess. She's a four-time running co-hostess on this segment with the city of Winston. Always got good information for parks and recreation. Laura Tanyi. Hi. Thanks for having me back again. Good. Always. Happy to be here. <laughs> just to see you smiling just makes my day. <laughs> so we, the city has a new toy now. Yes. So on our website, weplay.ws, mm-hmm. you can go there. At the top of the webpage are six little icons. On the far left is an icon called the Park Locator. Mm-hmm. You can click that. It will take you to the Park Locator website. And from there, you can access everything that our department has to offer. Wow. So easy, one-touch access. Yep. And, and, the best, and this is for parks and recreation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the best thing about it, too, is it's easy to use, mm-hmm. but it also offers a tutorial when you go on to it. So you click it, and it walks you step-by-step on wow. what buttons are what and how to use it. Who is, who is your designer for this? I need to hire them. <laughs> Josh Billings, our GIS administrator, and Great. my boss, Great. William Royston, will not let him go. Wow. So good luck. Money always talks. Don't tell me you won't <laughs> let him go. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. All right, the, parks, the park locator, this is, this is beneficial, and you all have had a real busy summer when it comes to parks and rec. Every summer is super busy, and this is one of our first years where we're getting back to our new normal, okay. I should say. Great, great. So tell me more about the park locator. Um, it's on the website, weplay.ws. It makes navigation to all the park centers. So what specific information can you find out about different centers? and? Yeah, so I actually use this website every single day in my job. It's very helpful because I know a lot about 
about the department, mm-hmm. but I don't know everything. And mm-hmm. this website really helps. Okay. So on there, you can locate various parks. Uh, mm-hmm. You can see exactly what park has to offer. So, for example, I was looking up Bolton Park this morning mm-hmm. using the app. And on Bolton Park's section of the website, it'll tell you how many tennis courts there are, where they're located, the playground. It offers pictures as well and interactive 360-degree pictures. Mm-hmm. So you can see exactly what something looks like before you ever get there. Wait a minute. So so I'm not just looking at words and description. I'm actually looking at the virtual picture that goes along exactly. with the facility. And we offer those two for our rec centers on there. Wow. So you can see what every single room looks like before you ever even step foot in a rec center. Wow. That's crazy. I, love, then, I mean, that's that's the way of the world at this point. Man. Yeah. And yeah. like we have another program called the Memory Program. Mm-hmm. On there, on the website, you can use that to look up exactly where a memory tree is that you might have purchased for a loved one or a memory bench. So you know exactly where it is before you ever go out there so you're not spending time just walking around the park trying to find it. You can pinpoint its location exactly. Tell me more about the memory bench. What, what is that, just for people that don't know? So the memory program itself, it offers um, people the ability to buy a tree, and you can pick the species out of a certain list, or you can buy a bench. Mm-hmm. And from there, you can select which park you want it to go in. Mm-hmm. And this is just another great way to remember possibly a lost loved one, mm-hmm. or to celebrate someone that's still alive and had a huge accomplishment. Like I had a lady one day, she wanted to celebrate her daughter's second birthday. Mm-hmm. So she bought a uh, bench and we placed it at Bolton Park by the playground. So the purchases are for the actual bench or for the tree to go into these locations? Yes. And okay. then the trees we plant twice a year, the benches we place throughout the year. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. Park locator for all of the facilities that are located in uh, within parks and recreation. Shelters that you may want to, to be able to hold for special events. So is it interactive enough that you can do reservations? For yes. These on, I was on, just about to say that. Okay. So, yeah, we just um, started out something new on a website where you can pay for shelter rentals online. Oh, really? You can reserve. You can look at every shelter that's available for whichever day that you want. And even going through our Park Locator website, say you want to look at getting the shelter at Bolton Park again, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. You can click on that, and there's a link there that will take you straight to the website so you can go ahead and reserve it and pay online that day. That is neat. But I heard you also mention some more technology that goes along with this, not just the website, but you got mobile apps for this now. Yeah, so we are working on that, and we're hoping that it will come out this fall. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, um, you're going to be able to access the park locator and then also mm-hmm. the events dashboard, which I haven't touched on quite yet. Okay. But you can access the events dashboard through our park locator website, too. But what the events dashboard does, it lists every single special event we have coming up mm-hmm. and every program we have coming up. So if you want to look at when we have our next movie in the pool, which mm-hmm. is August 10th at Bolton mm-hmm. Park, it'll list that on there. But it'll also list every rec center that has sitter size going on wow. and tell you the time and location. This is interesting. So, so now we have interactivity for... All of Parks and Recreation, you can reserve a shelter. If you wanted to do a party, you could do that at a, at a specific center, mm-hmm. uh, reserve space. Um, you can even keep up with events and programs on this app oh, as yeah. well. And it's got uh, the flyer on, the on there. It's well. got everything you could possibly need to know about it. Oh, man. So, so – so does that take away your job? I mean, you're a great <laughs> I <at> wish. <laughs> <laughs> It'd make my job a lot easier, but there's still always something else to do. Absolutely. Okay. Anything else that we've missed with Parks and Recreation? I think that about sums it up. Well, if Laura says that, then that's all you need to know for <laughs> Parks and Recreation. Month. So what do you guys do? Let me ask this, because we're coming to the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, tears. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what 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 are the plans moving into the fall and shifting some of what you all have been doing in the summertime? What's coming up in the fall? Um, so we just change up our programming. So like right now we're big on summer camps, mm-hmm. but then recreation centers will shift their focus over to after school care, which that registration has already opened. It opened on August 1st at various rec centers throughout mm-hmm. the city. And then we have other big events coming up like Trail of Treats once again at Bolton Park. Mm-hmm. That'll be in October. That's one of our biggest fall events. Well, great. There's a lot of information going on uh, coming out of the city with regards to parks and recreation, especially, you know, it, it caters to the kids for the most part. But like she said, school is coming up after school programs. Um, always keep these kids very involved in extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. You know, schools are cutting back from that, yeah. unfortunately, uh, because of budgetary measures or whatever. But parks and recreation always is open and accessible for its community members, especially the kids. Yeah, and we do offer programming for adults as well, especially at Brown and Douglas Active Adult Center. They offer Mm -hmm. programming for older adults as well. So we try and hit all age groups. Okay, Laura Tanya, my co-hostess for Parks and Recreation. Thank you. Thank you. All right, our next guest, um, we're going to get into an area that um, is interesting to me, non-discrimination ordinances. So we have ordinances against discrimination, obviously, as that would indicate to me. Uh, Joining us today, staff with the City um, Human Relations, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Department. We've had quite a few people from that department here, and that's a good thing. Eleanor Tebbets, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing good. Good, good. What are non-discrimination ordinances? That's interesting. Well, it's just what it says on the face. Uh, Yeah, these new laws that took effect on uh, January 1st of this year. Mm -hmm. And they prevent discrimination in employment and in places of public accommodation uh, anywhere in Winston-Salem. Public accommodation. Let's let's. What is public accommodation for those that may not know what that is? Yeah, that's sort of a legal term of art. Uh, it basically means any place that's open to the public, mm-hmm. like a store, a restaurant, a movie theater, a stadium, a bus station, a library, mm-hmm. anything like that that opens its doors to the public. Okay. So that all right. I got you. Who, who does this particular ordinance or these ordinances protect? Well, anybody who goes into one of those places and uh, anybody who is employed by an employer in Winston-Salem or has applied for a job at mm-hmm. an employer in Winston-Salem. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you've had cases, obviously, of this existing, and that's why these ordinances are in place. Give me an example of one a, a, a discrimination case that you all have heard um, that you had to address because of discrimination? Uh, Well, we had a case this spring of a woman who was staying at a hotel and she had a disability Mm -hmm. and there was an issue revolving around that. Okay, so disabilities is one of the protected classes? Oh, yes. We have 17 uh, protected classes. It is very extensive. Okay, let's get into that. What are the protected classes? Uh, Age, color, creed, disability, ethnicity, familial status, gender expression and gender identity, marital status, national origin, political affiliation, pregnancy, protected hairstyles, race, religion, sex, sexual orientation, and veteran status. Did I hear you say political affiliation? Indeed, you did. Really? Yeah. So, 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 wow, that, that opens up a wide general door of potential discrimination. Oh, yeah. If you look at this list, I mean, everybody belongs to some of these classes. You know, everybody has a marital status, whether you're single, you're married, you're divorced, any of those is a status. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody mm-hmm. has an age, mm-hmm. everybody has an ethnicity. Uh, 
let's just yeah. okay. Um, I'm I'm I have on a political T-shirt. Um, I won't even say what what the the affiliation is. I walk into a store. Um, the owner does not agree with what my T-shirt says, and it's very political what my T-shirt says. Is that can that be defined as discrimination if I, as an owner, don't like your T-shirt and I tell you that and don't allow you access to my store? Absolutely. That is illegal under really? our new laws. Really? Yes. Wow. So are these laws just here in Winston-Salem? Because we got federal, we've got state laws that protect against discrimination. Is that is is that separate from this? Yes, uh, the federal laws are sort of a, a, a floor for uh, non-discrimination laws, and municipalities can be more expansive than that, and mm-hmm. Winston-Salem has chosen to do so. As you can see, that it protects things like political status and things like that are not protected at the state or federal level. Okay. And there are several categories on this list that have no protections at the state and federal level, but they are protected in Winston-Salem. Okay. So if we're going to be an inclusive community, then I can understand why you go the extra step to make sure that everybody is included in this in some shape, form, or fashion so that nobody's discriminated against. Is that how this came about? Exactly. We want all of our citizens to be treated fairly and equally. Okay. When you, when you get into uh, a complaint, what's the process that you all have to go through to determine whether or not this is a legitimate complaint? Uh, well, First, someone has to formally file a complaint uh, through our intake person, Carlin Duncan, and to do that, you, they have to file a form, which can be found at our website at cityofws.org NDO. And then we look at it. We make sure that the location involved is in Winston-Salem mm-hmm. because if it's outside of our city limits, we have no Can't jurisdiction. Right, right, right. And make sure that the protected class is involved. And then we start investigating if it meets those, those check marks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we meet with the person who made the complaint. We meet with the people involved on the other side, mm-hmm. any other possible witnesses. Just try to collect all the facts that we can. And we have 60 days to do that and make a decision. Okay. Um, if you find that these these complaints are exactly legit, what are the consequences for the the party that um, um, initiated the discrimination? Are there consequences, or how do you go about? Is it a, is it a situation not consequences, but helping them to change how they do business? What we really hope is to encourage mediation between the two parties, mm-hmm. try to come to a mutually beneficial agreement of you know, how they can make the person who was wronged right again and hopefully you know, improve their practices so people feel more welcome. And if they don't agree to mediation and nothing can be resolved and discrimination is found, it, the matter may eventually be referred to the city attorney's office. Okay, I got you. Uh, so for for legal uh, proceedings, possibly. I got you. Yes. That makes sense. Um, let's see. Contact information and inquire. If, if a person has questions about a particular case or, or a complaint that they filed, how do they go about following through on that and then tracking it? Well, if the case is in progress, they will probably be in contact with me already as the investigator, Mm -hmm. and they can just contact me. And if they have a a question about a potential case, just want to talk to somebody in general, again, the person to contact would be our intake person, Carlin Duncan. And all of our information, again, can be found on our website at cityofws.org slash NDO. Okay. Um, 
have you have you how long have you been in this role? Uh, I started in late December 2021, right okay. before the ordinance went into effect. Okay, okay. Um, and have you seen? Has there been a lot of pushback from business owners here in the community about this? Or I, I know you won't get it from the consumer side because. Uh, it's amazing to me how many complaints can be filed about how many different things on a business. But um, when 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 employers or businesses find out that these ordinances are in place, have you been getting any complaints about that from them? We haven't heard anything. Uh, there have been, you know, a few comments here and there online. I don't know if it was from business owners, but mm-hmm. people who were a little grumbly about it. But certainly nobody said anything face-to-face. No, oh, okay, good. Anything in particular that, that I might have missed? Because this, this, this is a, because it's so new, um, getting into detail about the particulars about these ordinances. So they just covered the discrimination side, and that, as we talked about, it covers a lot of different classes. Anything that we've missed that you want to add to the conversation about the, about uh, the, the ordinances as they are now? Uh, I just want to say that one of the reasons that it's really great to have ordinances like this, even though there are state and federal protections for some classes, is that if you want to pursue it at that level, you have to hire a lawyer and go through the court of law, and that can be very expensive and time-consuming mm-hmm. for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And going through the city, you know, there's no cost. We investigate free of charge, mm-hmm. and, you know, the mediation is free, so nobody has to pay anything. It's much more accessible to people who've experienced discrimination. And for, for let's let, let's bring in Facebook on this because I, I can see people having discussions about this on Facebook. I can't see them, but I know that they're going on. Um, for those that, that want to question, okay, so the city is, is, is the facilitator of the process. Is that really fair? How, how can you answer to that? I, we do our absolute best to be neutral on both sides. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though we're not going through a court of law, we still have to meet those legal standards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can't just say, oh, well, we feel that discrimination happened. Though there has to be proof. It right, has to right. be proved to a legal standard. Okay, I got you. Um, and, and, and in your estimation, um, is how much of an advantage is this for the city itself when we, we were just talking earlier about realignment um, and then I talked to the, the chamber just last week, not the chamber, they, we, they're called something different now, Winston-Salem, Inc. Oh. is what they're called now. So their main motivation is getting business into the city. Um, have you seen that? Have you seen these ordinances help in that regard in terms of attracting newer business to the city? Uh, well, not directly, but I know that having ordinances like this is attractive to business, and having like, incidents of discrimination makes people back away. Like, you just have to look at what happened with the bathroom bill a few years ago. Mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. a giant outcry. That's not what businesses want to see. Right. Everybody right. wants to, you know, be inclusive and welcoming, and, uh, you know, the more Winston can do that, the better for everyone, I think. Right, right. Well, you have a, you have a tough job on your hands uh, because— as a, as a, a business uh, here with the radio station, we have people complaining about stuff all the time, little things. You know, everybody has an opinion, and they have that right to that. Um, but I'm glad to see that the city of Winston-Salem and, and, and in our community are always looking for a balance of inclusion uh, with everything that we do. So thank you for what you do. Anything that we've missed that you want to add to the conversation? Oh, I think we've about covered it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's pretty good. So non-discrimination ordinances are in place as of the beginning of this year. We've been talking to uh, Eleanor Tebitz, who's with the staff of the City Human Relations Diversity equity and inclusion department thank you for your time and thank you for that great explanation of a difficult difficult um task that the city has taken on with these ordinances absolutely thank you for having me our next guest this topic i've heard in every city that i've been in um always perceptually relates to in most people's minds whether it's misinformation uh getting the wrong information which is misinformation or just not knowing talking about redistricting and this is a ward realignment that we're going to talk to today with the assistant city manager for the city of winston-salem welcome to the show aaron king how are you i'm doing well good morning thank you for having me good morning yes absolutely uh you got a tough job (laughs) you don't say yeah um where do we start? There are so many places that I could get into this, but let's just talk about what first the basis of ward realignment are. Yeah. So um, each 10 years when the federal government conducts the decennial census, mm-hmm. uh, we get that data back. And, and what we do is we look at that data to see how our population has grown and how it's grown throughout our city. And it doesn't grow uniformly throughout. Right. And we have eight wards within the city of Winston-Salem. And what the law tells us is if any of those wards are out of balance by more than plus or minus 5%, we're legally required to go through a redistricting process. Okay. So when we got our data back um, from the 2020 census, probably in the late summer, fall of last year, Mm -hmm. uh, we put that in our system. We looked at it, and the South Ward was six and a half percent out of whack Mm -hmm. and so based on that we legally have to go through a redistricting process okay and so that's that's where we're at now we're um staff took a crack at that through our gis software to propose maps that put the the wards back into balance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we've we've compiled a draft set of maps there for um for review that will be taken out of the public for comment at this point there's a lot of factors that go into kind of how those maps were drawn right right Let's talk about the first thing that people always talk about, the political tie-in to redistricting or or ward realignment, um, as as it is known here in the city of Winston-Salem. First of all, let's let's address the political side. Is this something that affects uh, the elections from a standpoint of state, presidential, on down to the local aspect? Is that something that really affects that? That's a good question. So what we're talking about is really focused solely on our city council and the eight wards Mm -hmm. that govern Winston-Salem. It's not anything at the state or federal level. Um, We do not have a municipal election in Winston-Salem until 2024. So um, when we get through this process, council can approve the final set of maps, and it will be in place to guide that election for 2024. Okay. With respect to a little bit of what you alluded to on the political side, that is not something that we use in our methodology to make those maps. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what I can tell you is our methodology basically was while the, the legal standard is plus or minus 5%, we in Winston-Salem have historically gone with a much tighter deviation, and this time we got each of the eight wards within plus or minus 1%. Okay. okay. And that's important because we want to ensure that one voice, one vote standard across all eight wards and make sure we've got eight elected officials that are representing equal population groups. Mm-hmm. So we're within plus or minus 1% across all of the wards. That's one of our standards. The second was we wanted to make sure we didn't move a council member out of a district they currently reside in. Okay. 
Um, we also told council we're going to preserve the core of the existing wards. We weren't going to start with a blank sheet of paper and draw from scratch. Mm-hmm. We're going to take the existing wards and work around the edges to massage this. We also wanted to use um, logical boundaries, so major roadways, railroad, railroad lines, creek boundaries, things of that nature to make sense of where the boundaries land. And the last thing, um, we didn't want to split census blocks. Mm-hmm. So those are the steps we use to go through this process. We don't look at voter registration data, political affiliation. We mm-hmm. don't even have those maps loaded. That, that was my next question. So I'm sitting here as a citizen listening to this going, well, how do, if you're doing this, don't you have access to my information to know what party I'm in? So the, the uh, Board of Elections probably does, and mm-hmm. we could probably get that, but we don't need it because those are not one of the legal standards that we use to set out and make okay. in this process. Good, so we good. don't even have those layers loaded into our system. Good. Wow. Um, all right. Now that we've answered the question about the political affiliation, how does how – does, when the census – says that a certain part of the city is off by 5%, that's when you go into realignment mode. Redistricting, by law. correct. Redistricting, yes. okay. So how does that really affect what you do as a city, and it, does it only affect just the council member? So so it affects our city council only. You may have seen that the, the county commissioners had to do a little slight readjustment on their end. Mm-hmm. Because and they, they've done that and completed that already. So our process fo- solely focuses on city council. Um, and so for, I would say, probably 90-plus percent of the citizens in Winston-Salem, mm-hmm. they're going to probably remain in the same exact district they are in today. Okay, okay. If we massage those edges to get those numbers within balance, it really only affects a small amount of the population. Okay. Over time, have you been able to, to meet that goal of keeping council members where they belong? Yes. Okay, good. That's great. Um we talked about the party affiliation and not having access to that. The next election doesn't come up until 2024. Okay. Our, yeah. So that goes in line with the presidential election and the state election and the House of the whole slew of, of, of uh, candidates. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't affect the actual political placement of candidates, but how does that affect the policies that go on with the city? Or does it? I, I don't know that it really has a great effect on policy because we've current our our eight elect our nine elected officials, our eight council members and our mayor are currently in place. They'll be in place until the, the twenty twenty four election. Mm-hmm. What what this is really a tool that's designed is to make sure that you don't have wards or districts within a municipal area that get out of whack and therefore have an imbalance in power. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what this process is meant to do is every ten years take a look at that and make sure those wards are balanced appropriately and equally. So I don't know that it affects policy so mm-hmm. much. It's really more of a voting tool to make sure that folks are being represented equally. You mentioned a specific ward having the balance on power. The way that the the way that the wards are divided, does one particular ward, because of its population, have more power than another ward? No, not so much power because we've still got one council member that represents each of the wards. Okay. Um, but what it does call into question is if you've got one council member that's representing um, 32,000 people and another council member that's representing 26,000 people, mm-hmm. you need to get those back into balance. And mm-hmm. that's what this process is all about. What about, let's, let's take that same example, 26,000 in one ward and 5,000 in another. 
that's that's really unlevel. Of course, yeah. Okay. And we're not fortunately we're not far that far out of whack here. Okay. Um, okay. So every ward is pretty much consistently population wise uh, about the same number wise. So when we got those results back um, from the 2020 census, we uh, the South Ward was six and a half percent, which triggered the redistricting. I think we had two other wards, maybe the Northeast and the Northwest, that were like four and some change percent. Mm-hmm. And then the balance of the wards were probably less than three percent out of whack. Okay. All right. That that helps me to understand it because I didn't know that. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, here in Winston-Salem, our growth rate is pretty predictable. We don't grow at a clip like a Raleigh or a Charlotte mm-hmm. or places like that. So those are the places that get out of whack very quickly. Over a 10-year span, you think mm-hmm. about how much growth those communities see. Mm-hmm. Fortunately for us here in Winston-Salem, our growth rate is pretty consistent, pretty predictable. Those, those numbers don't get so far out of whack because mm-hmm. of that growth. Well, I, I think for me, just, just listening to this conversation and you explaining it, if I'm thinking about the growth here in Winston-Salem, it's not like people are moving. Let's just say we got eight different wards. I like this ward because they get more money. I'm going to move to this ward, or I don't like this ward because it has more crime. Um, everything in the city of Winston-Salem is pretty balanced to me, it, it appears. So I, I'm g- grateful to hear that. Anything that we're missing in this explanation? The only other thing I forgot to mention in the methodology is we currently have four majority four majority minority wards. Mm-hmm. We wanted to preserve that balance through this process, and I will tell you in the draft maps that staff has proposed, we actually will have five majority Mm. minority wards. Okay. Um, Explain majority and minority. Yep. So um, basically um, a ward that has a population percentage that is um, less than 50% white population. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. so the South Ward was the one that changed over this time. I think Mm -hmm. it's 45% uh, white population. So it is now a majority minority ward. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I'm glad to know that you all are paying attention attention to those type of statistics because the balance if we're going to talk balance then we have to look at the economic balance we have to look at the racial but we have to look at all of that in order for the city to prosper as a whole because i think one of the things that the last four to six years or maybe even longer has shown us that division separates whatever it is that it's dividing i do the same thing with jazz we we talk about jazz all the time people like to categorize bebop smooth jazz or whatever it is but if you're not playing it all together then your 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 share of the pie of listenership is smaller right. because you're only appealing to a certain piece this is appealing to the all the success of all of Winston Salem I think that's right and so we we take this process very seriously this is probably one of the most important things we do mm-hmm. um, because it impacts the voting um, rights and representation of our citizens. So we take it very seriously. We've, we've stuck to those standards as closely as we can. Mm-hmm. We've stayed focused on those. We've been kind of transparent about our methodology. We've stuck with that and we'll continue to stick with that through the process. Methodology. Let's talk about the methodology and how you arrive at this. Is there a specific formula for this? So um, <laughs> fortunately, yeah. um, we now have very sophisticated computer software That's where we, um, our GIS system, we get um, the, the data back from the census, we import it in there by census block. It shows mm-hmm. how many people mm-hmm. live within each census block. And then it's, um, it's kind of like putting a puzzle together. You, you take this block and you move it from this ward to this ward and the population mm-hmm. numbers change. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we, we, we kind of keep working around those edges until we got those numbers within plus or minus 1% per ward. So 
fortunately, we had some really great tools to help us with this very complicated project. Yeah, and I just wanted to emphasize that point because I don't even want people to think that you get the information and then you have a, a committee of people manually trying to figure this thing out. No, I'm not sure how folks did it back in the day. Um, <laughs> but, but fortunately, we're blessed this time to have some good tools to help and us with And technology, this. that's great. That's great. All right. Anything else that we've probably missed that you want to add to that? I would just say um, for your listeners, pay attention to the city's webpage. We're going to be doing some outreach moving forward. So we're going to have some information posted right on the city's webpage, cityofws.org on the front page. We're going to host a series of four meetings throughout the community coming up through the month of August. So folks, um, they'll have the opportunity to view the proposed maps online. They can see what ward they're currently in, where Mm -hmm. they would be. They can leave comments online. They can attend one of the public meetings and share comments there. And our goal would be to take the whole um, grouping of comments, mm-hmm. we'll take those back to council probably in the fall, let them consider the comments, the draft maps, and then it'll be up to them. They'll hold a public hearing on it. Okay. And then at some point when they're comfortable, they'll approve a revised uh, ward map for the city of Winston-Salem. Thank you very much for that information. That's Assistant City Manager for the city of Winston-Salem, Aaron King. Uh, very, very informative information. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.